freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey everybody, welcome to episode number 433 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is retaining an attorney, and our guest is Mark J. Victor. Mark owns the law firm Attorneys for Freedom and is an Arizona State Bar Certified Specialist in Criminal Law who has been zealously representing clients in serious state and federal criminal law matters for well over 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's actually long- 30 now. 30. Boy, oh, it's time going gotta, fast. That's how long we've been doing these things together, you guys. <laughs> that's <laughs> 30 true. 30 years. I mean, 30 years wow. updating that. As long as time, Freedom Act, as a longtime freedom activist, Mark Victor is regularly invited to speak at audiences across Arizona on a variety of issues. And I'll tell you, I've seen him so many times, I think he's relative. It's true. You know, it's true. But we learn something every time. So a variety of issues, including ending the drug war, the rights of gun owners, the free market, criminal justice issues, as well as a variety of other criminal law related issues, live and let live. Is that yeah, it? Is that absolutely. It? it. I am the live in, let live guy. No question about that. So great to be back with you guys. It feels like it's been so long since the last time we did uh, Gun Freedom Radio. So thanks for having me back. It's always an honor and a pleasure to see both you guys. Absolutely. And you are a busy, busy dude. So we very much value uh, when our calendars can synchronize. So one of the things I really want to jump right in on is your new, or is it a new and improved attorney on retainer program? Um, Why do people need a program like this? And is it available in every one of our states? Because I know being, we're we're both here in the state of Arizona and we are definitely members of this program. Um, So we're blessed to be close enough to you, but are there other states where something like this is not available? Yeah, it's really um, an exciting program. What's new about it is the fact that we've expanded it now to all 50 states. And, um, you know, we're not an insurance company because there's these other companies out there, right? So the concept here is, all right, you're a responsible gun owner. uh, You carry your firearm. Something happens. You may need to use your firearm or pull it out or something. You get charged with a crime. And what you're worried about is I may not have enough money to defend myself against a felony charge. What if I need to go to trial? This stuff can get expensive really fast. And so a lot of companies have sort of tried to make this happen with insurance. And the problem here is insurance generally doesn't cover intentional torts or criminal acts. So you you got to imagine if you pull out your firearm and let's just say you're in a shoot and it's a clearly good shoot, right? No problem. You did everything right. 
you're probably not going to be charged. I mean, there's a few incidents around the edges you get charged, but look, I've been practicing, as I said, for almost 30 years. We don't get clearly good shoots where people are charged with felonies. What we get is clearly bad shoots or questionable shoots. And so I know people who, you know, I've been speaking to the gun community for probably 25 years at the gun shows and doing debates mm -hmm. and these kinds of things. A lot of people think, well, I'll never be in a bad shoot. Uh, I've got training and I'm responsible and, you know, maybe, but maybe not, right? You don't get to select the time <laughs> at which you need to pull out your firearm, right? Maybe you were out in town, you had a few drinks. Maybe it's the middle of the night, you're sleeping. You might make a mistake. And if you do make a mistake, you're probably going to have a hard time with those insurance companies because virtually all of them say, if it's a criminal act, we don't cover it. Now, some of them will say, well, um, yes, you're charged with a crime, but you're arguing self-defense and therefore it's not a criminal act. And so we'll cover it. But all of them say in those circumstances, if you plead guilty, like by the way, 95-ish percent of people do mm -hmm. in the system, or you go to trial and you're found guilty, well, then all coverage ends. So, mm -hmm. you know, who's going to do your sentencing? Some of them say, yeah, we'll cover you on appeal, but you've now pled guilty or you're found guilty. That's the nature of an appeal, right? And they say, well, we'll cover you if you get sued civilly, but there again, uh, you may be found guilty. So this has created many problems over the years. And there's really been a niche that's arisen in the market that we fill, right? Because we're not an insurance company. We're a law firm. So people say, hey, how can I get you guys in another state? You're not licensed in my state. Well, what they don't know is there's a rule called the Prohoc Vice rule. And basically, it allows us to get admitted in another state, any state. All 50 states have Prohoc Vice rules. And uh, we do this all the time. I've been representing people nationally now for the vast majority of my career. We almost at any time, including right now, have many cases across the nation. So it's not a big deal. So if you're in another state and you're a member of our program, you get involved in an incident. The only things that we ask is three things got to be shown. Number one, you're charged with a felony, right? We don't cover misdemeanors. Some people are worried about that. Okay, that's you know, we're very transparent at our firm. Misdemeanors are generally pretty small problems. Most lawyers, you can get a good lawyer on a misdemeanor case, five, six, maybe $7,000. We're dealing with the big problems, the life-changing kind of problems. Those are felonies, right? A felony is something you can go to prison for more than a year. And on a gun case, you're probably looking at a decade or more time. So you're charged with a felony. The reason you're charged happened something happened after you signed up in our program. That seems pretty obvious, right? You can't first have the problem, then sign up and expect I'm going to take my team across the country to defend you. And third, it doesn't have to be a good shoot. It could be a bad shoot, but you got to at least say, hey, in good faith, I was trying to act in self-defense. Maybe you blew it. It's okay with us. We represent people who actually did commit crimes on a regular basis. So it's not a problem for a law firm to represent people who are charged with crimes and of course, to continue the representation, even if they do take a deal. You know, it's important to, to recognize, and I've done many murder cases, murder trials, all kinds of serious cases. You know, you could be charged with a murder and you might get a plea to something much lower. Even if you're completely innocent, just to minimize your risk, you would take a misdemeanor or something to get out of having to go to trial 
on a on a murder. Well, if you do, you're out in so many of these other companies. With us, you still get the criminal defense team. And I take my team and we all do it as a team and we represent people in any state. Uh, we do our best defense. I got a bunch of ferocious lawyers at my firm. <laughs> I trained virtually all of them and hired them out of law school. They like to try cases. We're not trying to turn people down. We're trying to, like we fight with each other over who's going to get to try the case at my law firm. And then we'll also defend you civilly if you get sued as well. And then we have a whole, you know, all the other bells and whistles. We take care of the experts and the investigators. And, uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of other things, scene cleanup and bond and counseling. And as long as it's not prohibited by law in your state, we cover that as well. No problem. Basically, it's 35 bucks a month. If you want to sign up in the family plan, I think you get $10 off. It's 25 for each person in the family cancel anytime, no aggravation. If you, we, it's gotta be a win-win for us or we don't yeah. do the deal. And so, yeah, we're really excited about it. People are signing up across the nation because they're recognizing some of these other companies that just don't cover um, mm -hmm. criminal acts. I mean, you're charged with a crime. That's what you're worried about. So it's really easy for an insurance company to say, hey, sorry, it's a criminal act. We can't cover it and leave you hanging when you need yeah. them the most. So um, we're having a lot of success with it. We're super excited about it. We have a formed a strike force at our firm. So when that call comes at two o'clock in the morning, everybody knows what they're doing. We're on top of it. We're ready to go. We're going to have all the information for that first release hearing. We get a local council on board because I can't get, you know, across the country to get a hearing done in a few hours, but we hire a local attorney. You have to do that under the Pro Hoc Vice rules anyway. They handle that first hearing, and then we go out there and handle the rest of the case. And if people have a preference for who the local attorney should be, we try to get that person on board as part of our team. But look, they got to be pro-freedom. They got to be pro-Second Amendment. They got to really, they got to be real criminal defense lawyers, or I'm not really going to want to work with them. Um, but if they're hard chargers, which is, you know, what we used to say in the Marine Corps, uh, I want hard charging criminal defense lawyers on the case. So we're super excited about it. Um, and a lot of people have just said, I don't, I don't want to trust an insurance company when my life's on the line. I'd rather deal with an established law firm. My law firm's 27 years now in the making. So we've been around a long time. We know how to do these cases and uh, it's a win-win. We're super excited about it. That is fantastic. And we are excited that, um, you know, just full disclosure that everyone in our family has signed up uh, because we are firearms owners, uh, you know, we live in Arizona, so we have constitutional carry. So we either may or may not be armed at all times. Well, we also right? know, we also know this. <laughs> Can neither too. confirm nor deny. We also know this that even with the training that we've had, that there are certain circumstances that you could still be charged uh, with a crime, even though you were def defending yourself. Exactly. And that's why we need people like you to make take care of us right fantastic yeah, yeah you know what else is really cool about this program that's different is even say you're in a good shoot right and you're not going to get charged we'll still represent you you might say why do you need representation we'll represent you as a victim in the criminal case we'll call the prosecutor try to get the bad guy charged i, I was in court yesterday representing a victim it's really fun for me to stand up and argue for a longer prison term or more jail and really be a thorn in the side of the criminal defense lawyer. But hey, if I'm representing the victim, which is the person now in a good shoot, we'll show up, 
we'll haggle about what the plea should be. And maybe it should, we should, you know, we will complain it's too light of a plea. And then when sentencing comes, if the bad guy is found guilty or pleads guilty, we'll show up and pound the table and ask for more time. So we will assert your victim's rights as part of our attorneys on retainer program, which of course is very different. We also do a seminar once a year where I want, I want to parade my lawyers out there. I want people to meet my lawyers, get to know the team. So we're going to put on some training, not only in self-defense and not, we're going to have a tactical person come in, but we're going to talk about the law of self-defense, but we're probably going to go broader too, right? Fourth amendment, search and seizure law, how to deal with the police when you get pulled over, what are your rights? And then we want to open it up for hypotheticals. I want people to be able to ask me and my team questions about defending yourself. And, you know, we of course have stories from the front line, right? Because we're a real law firm. We do these cases. We try cases. So it's fun to talk about things, you know, like picking the jury or question the jury questions or dealing with the prosecutor. How does all this stuff get negotiated? How do you try the case? What's the theory of the case, the theme of the case? So these are things are things that are maybe off the beaten path from typical kind of, you know, self-defense stuff, although we're happy to talk about that. We like to talk about the entire justice system. And if people want to talk con law, I'm all over that as well, or just the justice system. You guys know me well enough to know there's few things I don't like to talk about. I love Your it. job seems like a lot of fun. It does. You definitely make it seem fun. It's a blast. I got to say, it's fun to come to work every day. And, you know, I changed how my hiring practices several years ago. I hire now for character, first thing. And, uh, you know, you don't always hit it perfect every time because it's hard to assess somebody's mm -hmm. character. You know, people say, yeah, yeah, I'm a good person. I care about values and this and that. Um, but, you know, if you aim for it, you, you hit it more often. And I've gotten a, a group of people at my firm now who are just higher in character and really committed to excellence. And it's just a joy to work with the people. We, we know freedom is more important to us than money. Freedom is more important to us than reputation. Um, yeah, that's why we're called the attorneys for freedom, right? We really believe in freedom. In fact, I won't even hire you. I won't even interview you at my firm as a lawyer if you don't say, hey, I love the live and let live global peace movement. I know about the principles. I agree with them. I'm in. I'm for freedom because it would feel to me like a fraud to call myself the attorneys for freedom if we really weren't for really hardcore pro-freedom, not just in the gun area, but in all areas. Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I'm personal friends with at least two of your staff members. So I can attest to the good character of the awesome people that you hire. So, you know, we, we were just talking about a couple of the concepts of, of, you know, when, and if you happen to be in a self-defense shooting, and then there's that whole discussion about what what do you say to the police? What do you not say to the police? And that is such a key issue to the work you do. And I personally love verbally sparring with you and debating with you because it's that iron sharpens iron. You know, I feel like I I I tighten up what I say and how I say it. Um, and I got to see you do that on a video with the one and only uh, Masada Yub, who is a, I think, world-renowned firearms trainer and a, um, a professional witness. And the two of you sparred over that topic. And it was so enriching for me to hear both of your points. 
and for you to, you know, really um, respect and honor each other, but yet still have areas of serious disagreement. Um, can you unpack that a little bit for us and kind of tease it? And, and I'll be sure and put a link for that in the show notes so people can go and watch the whole hour for themselves. Yeah, excellent. Unfortunately, the sound on, on, on Masad's side wasn't so great, uh, but he's a really nice guy. And, and this was a friendly discussion, even though we disagreed on some things, I have a lot of respect for him as an expert. Uh, in terms of tactics and putting someone on the stand to talk about justifiable use, justifiable uses of force, but not as a criminal defense lawyer. And, uh, you know, look, he's we're, we do different jobs. And at the end of the day, I think what's really important to understand about the difference in our opinion is, and he says this in the, in the uh, discussion or debate we had, he assumes it's a good shoot. And uh, that's a big assumption, right? I, I don't want to risk... Yeah, I don't want to risk decades of my life or my client's life on the automatic assumption that it's a good shoot. He doesn't really worry about if it's a bad shoot. You know, they're at the attitude of many of these trainers as well. If it's a bad shoot, hey, you get what you deserve. Uh, I'm a criminal defense lawyer. I'm trying to protect your rights. I will say it's it's very hard in, to be fair. It's very hard to give general advice that applies to every possible factual situation because. I could say say this or do that, and then we could find a hypothetical that it's better to do something different. This is why, you know, as a general matter, it's it's a good piece of advice to say, don't say anything, just don't make a statement, right? Uh, yes, there could be some advantages to sort of get the police moving in the right direction at the very beginning. But on the other hand, the police don't make the decision about charging the case, right? They make mm -hmm. the arrest decision. They say you might be able to beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride. Okay, they can give you the ride down to the local jail. They can book you in. They can make your life miserable for a day, maybe two, until you see a judge. But it's that prosecutor that we're really concerned about, right? So I will sacrifice that initial part at the beginning of the case. And then, by the way, you don't even know who this police officer. You might get somebody who hates the fact that citizens have firearms. There are police officers out there. So... Uh, and you don't know that you're dealing with an honest police officer. You might be dealing mm -hmm. with somebody who's lying. You don't know. You might be dealing with an honest police officer who might write something down incorrectly that you said. They don't always have body cams on. So for all of these reasons, I say, look, better to keep your mouth shut. If it, if it does make sense to make a statement, and it has in many cases, you can make that statement at any time. I, sometimes I like to make the statement at the trial for the first time and have the prosecutor very surprised about what was said. Sometimes I've called press conferences and I've called the press in and I've, we did that in the Peter Steinmetz case that you might remember. I can talk about that because he signed a media release. It was all over the press. Steinmetz kept his mouth shut. He was arrested. He could have said something at the beginning and maybe, maybe not been arrested. I don't know, but he did get arrested. But you know, we made it, we did a press conference later not only did I get all the charges dismissed because it was nice to make the statement after we got all of the evidence and I could review yes. all of the statements and see everything that happened. Sometimes your recollection, especially in the midst of the heat of the incident, isn't perfect, right? We see this a lot from very honest clients of mine who just because of the trauma of what happened, they don't remember it perfectly. We got all the charges dismissed. I got his record sealed and cleared and got his AR-15 returned back to him. It was a clean win, as clean as you could possibly get. And he kept his mouth shut. He did the right thing. So 
Massad says, you know, if it's a good shoot, okay, well, if it's a really good shoot, unless you're saying something that's not factually correct, you're probably okay. But my point is, you don't know for sure whether it's a good shoot. And even if it is a good shoot, you know, you may have witnesses who are going to lie, who say things that we got to deal with. So for all of these reasons, and, and of course, I say, keep your mouth shut, but with the exception, there are always exceptions, right? You, something happens in your home and you had to shoot somebody and now they're on the floor dying. All right, mm -hmm. you got to do something here, right? If human life uh, is, is about to expire, you got to take some action. I say, call 911. Best if you could get somebody else to call 911 instead of you, but call, mm -hmm. if you can't, call 911. There has been a shooting. Okay, mm -hmm. that's pretty general. Here's mm -hmm. the address. Please send help. There's a medical emergency. Goodbye. Click. And then, of course, make sure you survive that initial contact with the police, right? Because yeah. there's, they're coming. They know it's a dangerous situation. So you got to make sure the gun is not in your hand. The scene mm -hmm. is secure. You're, you're like this, maybe even on the ground. Make sure you don't get shot. And that's mm -hmm. it. You know, if you use the magic words, which is, I want my lawyer present before, during any questioning, that's even better. Because under the current state of the law, the police can't even ask you any more questions. If you just stop talking or say, I want to, I got nothing to say, they can continue to ask you questions. And of course, they can't make you talk, but better that they don't even get to ask you questions. I want my lawyer present. Something mm -hmm. like that is fine. And again, every situation is different, but people should watch the interview for themselves yes. and make their own judgments. I mean, I've only been doing gun related cases for three decades now, um, and it, it's a different job. It's a different job than being an expert on self-defense uh, than trying cases in a criminal court. And so I, I think at one point during the interview, I said, hey, Masada, I think you're great as an expert, not as a criminal defense lawyer. And I also know while there may be a criminal defense lawyer or two somewhere in the world who disagrees with me, my fellow brother and sister criminal defense attorneys are pretty solidly behind me on the keep your mouth shut advice. You know, listening to this, I think, okay, I've been in a couple of situations, not, not felony situations, but where I've had to talk to police and, you know, you, you want to justify why you're there. Yeah. You want to justify it. But then I look at that now after talking to you and, you know, learning from you in the past that the only thing that's going to give you is maybe an easier ride to jail, mm -hmm. but it's not going to change the outcome. Mm -hmm. It can hurt the outcome, yes. but it can't change the outcome. Yeah. So, um, a, you know, and a lot of people do just clam up and they can't clam up. They got to say, I need my attorney present. That way it keeps the police from asking you questions, mm -hmm. not prying you into maybe talking. But I mean, I have friends that are police officers, but if they came to a call for me, I would still have to say, mm -hmm. let me get my attorney to talk to you. Yeah. No offense. So would they, if they were in a shooting, they're going to keep yes. their mouth shut as well. That's the advice right. that police are going to give each other. You know, so we want to justify, Mark. We want to we want to say why we did this, and you know, say it later. Nice flowers out there. <laughs> say but it later. I, I get it. Shut up, right? <laughs> shut up. You know, I got to tell you guys, I can't, I can't even communicate the number of times I have been in my office working on a case where myself and my team have said. If this person had just shut up, we could have get this whole case resolved. We could have get them out of the system. The often the worst piece of evidence against our client is the fact that they opened their mouths and spoke to the police. And again, I have also had cases where they have said something and the officer wrote it down wrong. 
And that's yes. of course what they write down is the worst statement in the case. And the one I'm thinking of, I can prove because it was actually a recorded statement. If you look at the police report, the police report says, I spoke to Mr. So-and-so, here's what he said. And then he put it in quotes. It was a terrible statement. My client said, I never said that, Mark. I said, well, we'll get the recording and review it. And sure enough, he never said it. So here yeah, you're not, yeah. you're dealing with an incompetent or negligent police officer, right? Because it was recorded. But, you know, do you really want to trust your freedom to the, even the competency of another person? I don't. I mean, my freedom is important to me. I'm keeping my big mouth shut. Well, and, you know, how often have we heard lately, especially it's like, oh, on that one particular piece that was so important, the cameras, you know, or that one incident that was so important, suddenly the cameras stop working. And, and, and so... the other thing, the 911 call, you're so right on that, that, you know, people need to remember that when you call 911, you just give them the facts. That's what will get them out there. And that's it. You know, yeah. they're going to shooting. And again, everybody wants to, ju you're justifying to somebody you don't even know. That's true. You know, making a big well, chance when you open your mouth like that for a whole bunch of different reasons. And the, and the, uh, whatever upside is possible, the downside, in my opinion, the potential downside far outweighs whatever little, uh, maybe you better get, right. a, maybe get a better ride to the, to the station or something. Okay. I'll take the worst ride to the station to have the more defensible case at the end of the day. Amen. Yeah, right. Well, I know we are running tight for your schedule, but if you have a little bit more time, I, I wanted to dig into just how the Supreme Court case known as Bruin versus the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, how has that changed what you do or or does it impact you at this level? Because basically it said, you know, we're going all the way back. We move the Second Amendment all the way back to when it was written and what was true then is really what's legal and true now. Am I saying that vaguely from correctly? Well, I would say it like this. When Bruin came down, really the issue in Bruin was this, this extension of the idea in Heller, right? Heller was the earth shattering statement that, yeah, uh, the individual right to keep and bear arms is an individual right to keep and bear arms, but it was only about in your home. So all of this debate, it was incredible that we had this debate all these years about whether the individual right to keep and bear arms was an individual right to keep and bear arms or was some crazy notion of a collective right or the people in the second amendment doesn't mean the same as the people in other, which is complete lunacy, but that was the state of the law until Heller. So Heller comes up and you can have a firearm, but they don't extend the ruling outside the home. So Bruin comes up and we all expected, it doesn't say just keep arms, it says to, to, to keep and bear arms. So they have to mean different things. It's got to extend outside the home. So nobody was surprised, I, th I don't think, at least observers who were aware of what's going on in Second Amendment law and who was on the court at the time, weren't shocked that there was this extension. And at the time when it came out, if you look at some of my earlier interviews, and I did a bunch of them, I said, you know, the holding is good, but they did something really big here. What they did was they changed how we analyze Second Amendment issues now with this sort of nation's history and tradition. They got rid of the idea of scrutiny, what we call levels of scrutiny. They were previously applying what we what we thought of as more of an, in, an intermediate level of scrutiny. And Heller didn't really even say that. It wasn't clear what the test was after Heller. So in Bruin, they come up with a completely different test. This test, we've only seen the, the early winds of the hurricane 
Hurricane Bruin, that is still Bruin, uh, that's coming. <laughs> because it really, we have a lot of cases now, questions about whether the government, any government, state or federal, could even tell a person who's convicted of a felony offense, hey, you, you're now a prohibited possessor. You know, they said repeatedly in Heller and repeated again in Brewer that, hey, this doesn't really affect prohibited possessors. But, you know, we had the range case that came out of, I think it was the Third Circuit or maybe the Fifth Circuit. I, I commented on that as well. It'd be great to put that video in the link because I went over all of this as well. Um, that case came out and, you know, in that case, they looked at exactly this issue and they said, look, you guys said this doesn't affect uh, people convicted of felony offenses from being prohibited possessors. But we can't square that with the test you laid down because we can't find anything in the nation's history and traditions where people who were convicted of felony offenses, we don't even get violent offenses till like the 1930s and then all felonies until later on, I want to say maybe the 1970s. And that's far too late in the game to get back to the nation's history and traditions. So this throws into question lots of things, right? We're going to get a, a case in front of the Supreme Court soon dealing with domestic violence, these orders, whether it's automatically you're a prohibited possessor, they're not going to find anything in the nation's history and tradition on this stuff. And most of this stuff will be outside of the nation's history and tradition. So I don't know, as I sit here, how they're going to square that Bruin test with virtually all gun regulations and restrictions. It's going to be very, very interesting to see. And of course, the other side is scrambling to call huge swaths of land sensitive areas now because yeah. they left the door open and said, well, if it's a sensitive area, like a federal building, a courthouse, a polling place, uh, something like that, then you can prohibit guns. But there's an, you know, if you're a litigator in the Second Amendment area right now, it's like the heavens have opened up a brand new <laughs> world of litigation for you. We are going to be litigating Second Amendment cases your grandkids and my grandkids will be litigating Second Amendment cases unless they back off of the test that they put out in Bruin. And I think they might have to do that um, because I'm not, I think they might've gone a little, like, do we really want to say people who have violent felony convictions can't be prohibited at least for some period of time until they're shown not to be violent anymore? Do we really want to say they can't be prohibited possessors and they can go out and buy another weapon? I don't know. I would say no. I think that you are presenter, you know, if you if you have a history, you've been convicted of being a risk with a firearm, right? You just committed a drive-by shooting and uh, you just got out of prison and now you want to go buy a firearm. Seems to me we ought to be able to say, hold on, uh, maybe we should get a hearing for this person. Are they really rehabilitated such that a gun in their hand isn't a, at least a substantial risk to another person. I think there are ways where we can contour firearms law, Second Amendment law, so that reasonable, competent, responsible adults can go out and buy whatever they want and can keep and store and use safely. And people who don't fit into that box, people with mental health issues, minors, people with violent felonies, we ought to be able to say, hey, for you, uh, not just right now. We got to wait a little bit longer for whatever reason. And I think Bruin presents an obstacle to that. So it's going to be really fun to see how the future cases develop. And I think that they're going to have to work on tweaking that test that they put out there in the Bruin case. But I encourage people to watch the uh, video I did on the range case where I summarize mm -hmm. Heller, 
and uh, Bruin and Range. And I also went off a little bit about the Commerce Clause and some things that happened in 37 that I think is specifically a case called West Coast Hotel versus Parish, which I think was the worst case ever decided uh, in the history of our nation that really screwed things up for us. And I went off a little bit on a tangent on that. But if you're interested, if you're a junkie like I am on constitutional law, <laughs> Check out this video and hit me up with your comments. If you think I got something wrong, I always respond to all civilized comments. I wish we had like four hours because I have a ton of questions, Mark. Uh, you know, we have I, to do this again, for sure. I know. It, Sooner it, than yeah. we have last time. Yeah, yeah, we do. Because it's it's very, I don't know, it's confusing. And, you know, the I, when I was a kid, you thought if you got a felony that you we're no longer a citizen. And so if you weren't a citizen, then you couldn't own a gun. I, I don't know. It's all, it's all crazy. There should be something violent criminals should not be allowed to have guns, violent criminals, violent. but a guy that cheats on his taxes or makes a mistake, right. you know, in his younger life, why not? I mean, he's right. not violent. Right. Okay. I completely agree with you on this. Plus we got to get rid of some of these ridiculous felonies as well. It's still a felony to right. smoke a joint in some States. The, we're, we're supposed to be a free country here. Right. How, how about a felony is somebody who creates a real victim? You got to have no victimless crimes. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I, I got a ticket for going like 90 miles an hour once and the guy, the cop reduced it because he said, if I make it 90, it's going to be a felony charge. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so, I mean, maybe he was lying to me. I don't know. But if you could, you know, if, if I'd have got a felony ticket, I would have lost my license, my federal yeah. firearms license. Yeah, the government oh. certainly has become too big, too powerful, too intrusive. There just is no doubt about that. Uh, and we got to, we got to, this is our fault, right? We got to stand up and do something about this. And this is what we're trying to do with the Live and Let Live Global Peace Movement. I, we're not going to have enough time to talk about it today. I know you guys know about it. I'll just throw out the website really fast. If people are interested, if you like that phrase, live and let live, there's a whole global peace movement now organizing around the world around that phrase. Go to liveandletlive.org. There's a website there now. It's a temporary website. We're, I'm so excited to tell you about everything going on with Live and Let Live, but we'll have to maybe do that on another show. But for people who really want to get together with other freedom-loving people around the world, I think Live and Let Live is the is our best hope of trying to get to freedom, peace, and frankly, prosperity, better, pro I mean, that's what freedom brings, more prosperity. Right. People get to trade, right? A good trade is a win-win for both. That in both people are better off after the trade. We need more uh, competent adults engaging in free trade all over the world. And wouldn't it be nice if we could get that live and let live notion, what we call the live and let live philosophy spreading around the world that would reduce so many problems. We're all here for such a short time on the planet. We really need to do a better job getting along with each other. No matter what color your skin is, where you're from, whether you're religious or not religious, are you a peaceful, competent adult? Do you support the rights of other people to peacefully live, even if they live different than you? If you like that, check, check out liveandletlive.org. Awesome. I love it. And tell folks real quick before we let you go, how do they reach out about the Attorneys on Retainer program? Everything you want to know is attorneysonretainer.us. You can also get there from our law firm website, which is attorneysforfreedom.com. If you look at the top right, you see a red button that says attorneys on retainer. Click there. You can sign up. All the questions you want to know are right there online. If you have questions, you could call, though. Uh, but you can sign up online. It's super easy. Cancel anytime. If you don't want to be in the program, 
no problem. We are a no aggravation, hassle-free kind of place. It has to be a win-win. And I talked to some of my guys who are working on attorneys on retainer. We call these win-win deals. I say, how many win-win deals did we get today? Because if it ain't a win-win, I'm out. Awesome. <laughs> I love it. Mark, Victor, thank you so much. And if I don't see you before, I believe you're one of our speakers uh, in February at the Second Amendment uh, Celebrate and Protect the Second Amendment Rally in Phoenix, Arizona. So Always a good time huh? to see a whole bunch of it's the, probably the safest place you can be because lots yes. of confident, responsible gun owners with lots of guns yeah. and lots Absolutely. of ammo who know how to Absolutely. use them and keep them safely. Those are my people right there. Love it. Perfect. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye guys. Peace. Thanks. Bye-bye. He's fine. You know, we are, and we are honestly members. We have subscribed to that for several, a couple of years, probably. We have. Been a while. And I, I find myself, um, I, I wish we had more time for multiple reasons, but um, the thing that Mark was talking about, I wanted to unpack with him, but I know he, he has an appointment waiting and so I couldn't dig into it just now. We'll have to like invite him to dinner or something. But um, the whole idea that if you are a free person, like we're talking about, you know, previously violent people, they've served their time, whatever. If you are a free person, then all of your rights should be intact. Right. Right. And if you are not trusted to be among the rest of us and not get a gun, right? They're saying, all right, you can go be around society, but we don't trust you with a gun. Well, already we don't trust you. So if we don't trust you, then should you be out with the rest of society? And if you are out with the rest of society, then you should have all of your rights. The fact that we're trusting an untrustworthy person to me feels like ridiculous. Kind of like the red face. flag law. It's like if a person is in danger to the community, mm -hmm. he shouldn't be in the community. Right. It's not the the tools that he has. Right. Because he can find a tool. Right. So so that's something I would love to unpack with him because he is so much fun to debate oh, with. Because yeah. um, he and and he'll challenge you really well. Oh, that's what I'm, I love I about it. Right? I have to watch the video that you recommended. It's to, so good. It is yeah. so worth it. Um and. Uh, yeah, and I don't I don't know about the uh, the range one, but I'll definitely look that up and put that in the show notes. But the case that he was talking about that the Supreme Court is going to be ruling on very soon about the domestic violence piece of it. Stop uh -huh. yawning. I'm not uh -huh. boring. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, it's 38 years. I can yawn. Okay. All right. It's Rahimi. And what I'm curious about is what if Rahimi, the case of Rahimi, wh who he has this history of domestic violence. And he's, you know, been a prohibited, pro, uh, prohibited. possessor. Mm -hmm. What if that one had come before the Bruin case? Would the Supreme Court even have heard it? I don't know. But now that we have Bruin and now Rahimi comes second, it'll just be interesting to me. But um, somebody, you know, like Mark, who's a nerd for these things like I am, I would love to like dig into that and talk to him. Yeah. But for today, I just want to thank Mark J. Victor uh, for everything he does and for coming on and sharing his knowledge with us. Uh, thank all of the listeners all over the globe, wherever we have 
uh, wherever there is internet service, we have viewers and listeners. Thank you so much because you take these conversations into your carpool, around the dinner table, you know, into your spheres of influence. And then you guys dig into them. And that's where the magic happens, right? This is just a jumping off point for some ideas that we're throwing out there. Um, but with some pretty serious heavy hitters, right? These are subject matter experts who know what they're talking about. But then what do you think about what they're talking about? Right. Those are the things you unpack. And that's what's going to show up when you're in the ballot box, right? And you're making decisions about um, many things in your life. So anyway, thank you so much to everyone. If you want to go back and watch this video, you can find it anywhere you find your video uh, platform shows, YouTube, GunStreamer. There's a smartphone app called OpsLens. Um, please, when you go there, if you will hit the subscriber and notification buttons, not only do you stay up to date with all of our new shows, but you tell those platforms that this content, specifically the things that we talk about on Gun Freedom Radio, is valuable to you. It is a hedge for us against that massive cancel culture that is out there right? Um, and the uh, censorship that's out there. Um, so, And if you want to listen to the audio-only version, then go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the On Demand tab and... Binge listen to your heart's content darling awesome and if you click the guest tab that is a huge resource of an ever-growing database of subject matter experts right. that we have interviewed over the years and when you spend time there we don't hate that so you're probably wondering why is dan dressed in a disney halloween shirt through our entire uh interview today because it's magic well okay because today is actually Halloween. We're recording on October 31st, 2023. This show will air later um, and then live there forever. And so you'll be in the middle of July sometime and you'll click in and you'll be like, what is on Dan's shirt? And it is um, because it's Halloween and we like to have fun and dress festive. Why don't we talk about your costume? What, my camo? No. no my I'm just, camo? I'm just kidding. I was giving you a hard Polka time. dots are my camo? Yes, polka dots are her camo, um, even at Halloween. It's true. It's true. I have a very fun Halloween dress, but um, I dressed like a grown-up today. Did I say that out loud? I dress like my daughter and my wife make me dress. All my clothes are Disney clothes. That's true. That is, that's not an untrue statement. All right. Um, before we jump out of here, I want to be sure that we mention... Uh, this private invitation only shopping club that is helping millions, our family and millions of families cut the cord on the huge corporations that use our own money against us. Like these huge shopping conglomerates that do not share our values. And uh, this shopping club, you can go check it out right now. It's called patriothousehold.com forward slash GFR for Gun Freedom Radio. You can buy your laundry soap, your shampoo, your toothpaste, your, I mean, you name it. Well, I will name it. Mm -hmm. Just do this one thing. Just go buy their steak. Yes. Just try that. Yes. And if you don't like their steaks, you know, they have help 
providers out there, mental health providers out there. It's, it's so that good. good. I mean, I, okay. I, you know, you go to, I go to my local grocery store and she'll say, get some T-bones and I'll go and I'll look around and I'll try to find the best T-bone. You spend a ton of money on them. You get them home and they just don't taste good. Well, I have to say, I, and I mean this, we use this product. Every single steak we have ever bought from them was better than any steak I've had at any fancy restaurant. It's so true. And here's what's even better. You, when you buy these products, you are supporting American jobs on American soil, right? For American families. And a portion of every dollar you spend goes to help our friends at the Second Amendment Foundation. Yeah. They are in the courts fighting for your rights through all of these different um, big court cases where our rights are being infringed. And as Dan said, there's a portion that even comes to us to help us financially with the work that we do and the travel where we go speak around the nation. And uh, it's just, it's good quality American made. Just try it. Awesomeness. So when you go to patriothousecold.com forward slash GFR, uh, you will complete a, a quick form because this is invitation only and we're inviting you. And you will be able to experience the quality and convenience because here's the other thing. You don't have to go shopping. You don't have to pay $5 a gallon to go drive to this conglomerate and give them your money. Every order comes to your doorstep. Good stuff. I love that. Yummy. I said it and forget it. See, this bag is open. <laughs> you know why it's open? Sir. Because I have some before. I'm going to have some after. That's our Just saying. favorite snacks that they sell. Okay. Until next time, we are going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for our leaders. Even the ones we don't like. Maybe especially the ones we don't even like. Even them. All right. Until next time, be good to each other. Have a safe and happy Halloween. This will have aired afterwards, so I'm hoping you have a safe and happy Halloween. There's always another Halloween. That's true. Um, be good to each other. Have a great week, and God bless. Bye-bye.